I'm Law. And I'm Ash, and this is a Tremendous Talk podcast. Each week, join us as we guide you through the realms of Hollywood and beyond while we speak to industry professionals in the spotlight. So grab a bubble tea and leave your shoes at the door. Welcome to Tremendous Talk! Yeah! Thank you for joining us on yet another episode of Tremendous Talk. My name is Law. I'm an Indian and Filipino actor, host, and filmmaker who is very excited for today's guest because he's a good friend of mine. Oh, yay. And I'm Ash. I'm a mixed Filipino-American actor, musician, and publicist who, this is just my favorite sweater, and I'm wearing it today, so I'm feeling nice and cozy. Good. I'm glad you're feeling cozy. Uh, I don't want to get into it too much right now, but uh, you're a soldier, (laughs) and I'll say that. This is actually our second podcast that we're recording today on top of a whole ass junket that you are organizing and being a super publicist for on top of some other stuff. But um, what are you just into right it, now? Just say it, Law. Just say it. Just Ash say is it. sick, you guys. <laughs> Ash is I... sick. <laughs> There's some okay. bit in this house. There's some bit in this house. <laughs> oh, no. Don't give it a Steve song. <laughs> um, but you are a trooper. Uh, she's been running around all day. And uh, so here's my question. Obsessions right now. What's giving you comfort right now? In oh, between dude. Okay, so I... I being the being in publicity and all that stuff and you have to watch a lot of tv shows and movies Mm. and programming so you don't necessarily get the chance to watch what you want so when i'm sick i'm like i'm gonna watch what i want to watch (laughs) (laughs) so i binged i like blacked out and i binged the whole season of never have i ever season four Uh. Oh my gosh, law i was crying i felt every emotion have you seen it no, I haven't. Not season four. Uh, no. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It was so good. Aww. Like in terms of, I, I want to watch it two more times at least in terms of storytelling, in terms of rounding characters out, in terms of like, I don't know. It's one of those things where you like when you shut a book that you really like and you mm. feel that feeling of like, oh, I'm so... I got all these characters' final endings, but I'm also so sad that I'm not going to see them anymore. That yeah. kind of thing. It was a lot of emotions all at once. Wow, and, that well, sounds been, really great. It's amazing. Um, And there's like, I don't want to give any spoilers, but the representation in it is pretty awesome. Like, I loved seeing some of the stuff in there. It was very exciting. I can't wait for you to watch it. Uh, <laughs> and just to have played the tiniest role in PR on season three was fantastic and like diving into the characters and and being in on all that and now seeing them fleshed out even more on season four so wonderful and um there's a character in never have ever season four that is also the lead in a tv show called ghosts which i have been binging i love in ghosts it's giving me like parks and rec meets halloween or something like that and i'm here for it what about you what are you obsessed with oh Boy, I have been watching a lot of Apple TV Plus content. Shrinking, I don't know if I talked about this. I finished Shrinking, which is so good, you guys. It's Harrison Ford, Jason Segel, uh, Jessica Williams is in it. She's great. Uh, I have stuff on the docket I'm really excited for. Like The Bear Season 2 is really like on my list. I know Warrior Season 3 is coming soon. Uh, but as of right now, I'm just like... 
I mean, I'm trying new shows, which is interesting. Like I'm just like starting things. Not everything's a winner, but then you find little gems. Like I really like, I think it's called the big door prize so far. I'm watching it little by little. Um, I've watched all so of Black big. Mirror. <laughs> no, not, not big. I watched Black Mirror season six, I think it is. And it was really interesting. I have some, there were a couple bangers though of an episode. I can't wait to, for people that have seen it now, but. Yeah, that's kind of like what I'm what I'm watching right now. I'm actually consuming a lot of content and I got a big week of content ahead of me in terms of like covering junkets and stuff. It's crazy. Everyone's trying to fit in their publicity and their press before the big strike happens or or compounds rather. <laughs> and so by the time this podcast is out, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out what happens. Um, but I'm excited <laughs> for like the new Ninja Turtle movie, Barbie, like those are going to be cool. Uh, okay, so we have we did a podcast at literally eight a.m. this morning. Between <laughs> now and eight a.m., what have you filled your day with? What have you been doing? Interesting question. Uh, editing. I was editing for other outlets. Um, I made a couple of reels for this outlet. Um, so mostly just working, and then I and then I had some tea and water, <laughs> and uh, I have my little bottle of. Uh, caffeine drink it does not look great on camera actually wait what is in that but okay for listeners who are just listening <laughs> law is drinking out of a it looks like a plastic smart water bottle it's just a smart that's water literally bottle that green. mio too it but looks like, like swamp water <laughs> i'm glad it's is the just creature from water. the black lagoon inside of there no he did hand this to me though it kind of looks like um like ooze from ninja turtles too <laughs> Do you remember slime from Nickelodeon? Absolutely, I've been slimed before. You've been slimed? Oh hell yeah, I've been slimed. It was oh an experience. I I was uh, my buddy. His name is Kyle Pitson. He was a producer at Nickelodeon, and he was like, "Hey man, do you want to come on as a PA for this shoot? Because we're doing like the Kids Choice Awards. We're doing like a slime warehouse thing." And I was like, "Yeah, sure, that sounds great. I need some work." And he was like. So here's the thing. You're not really going to PA. You're going to be like a stunt, like the stunt slime guy. And I said, okay, I show up to this random like effects warehouse in the mountains near LA. And there's just vats of this slime everywhere. And then oh they God, bring in two of the Thundermans, the Thunderman kids. And they... They hit me with a slime mortar, like a boom, you know, like big bomb type one. I'm wearing Dickies, a Dickies jumpsuit and goggles. And then they fire hose me with slime. And then he pegs my face, the Thunderman. Anyway, that was the first time I ever got my own trailer. But it, walking in there looked like a scene out of Dexter because it was like lined with plastic. Because <laughs> they were like, don't mess anything up. And I was like, then don't slime me. I was coming out of everywhere and i was wearing i was wearing clothes amazing it's a feat of science wow so that's a little inside of like what my first year out in la like the kind of work i was just trying to pick up anything you know goes. what's so i mean like any normal person would be like wow what an opportunity and i'm like what does the paperwork look like on that i mean are you a probably not person? good is there a, is there a bump probably on that? not is good that a... <laughs> i'll tell you that if I got hurt, it would probably would not have been good. Shout out to Kyle, though. That was a lifelong dream. I've always wanted to be slime. 
Oh, they have an man. edible That's version. That's awesome. And then they have, like, it's all edible, but you don't want to be eating it. But they have an edible version. Um, and it just, it didn't taste like anything. It kind of just tasted like what you expect it to taste like. Does that make sense? Like corn I mean, starchy. what do you expect? Like cornstarch and water. Yeah, just like flower-esque. That's kind of what I remember, at least. I mean, it's kind of a bummer to hear that it doesn't taste like green apple or something, because that's what I would expect. I mean, but remember when we were kids, you could—they were always like slime. Like you would, there were like recipes for like slime pudding and stuff that Nickelodeon would put out. I used to do that and like color, color my my food. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just remember it that way, vanilla esque. Oh, okay, that's good then. <laughs> that's that, better, that's right? Good. Yeah, that's lay good. it on me, slime me now. It's just funny. <laughs> wow, that's so fun. Oh my yeah. gosh. What a, a memory. Random memory. And you just unlocked wow. it. I was like, oh, slime. Yeah, I've been slime. I know slime. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's well, the podcast, I guess I'll see guys. you guys later. You know that's what? I bet, I bet our guest, when he joins us, I bet he would know how to make slime, to be honest. Like real slime, him, like, though? I don't know. Maybe like a slime... That's a good question. I don't know if Honestly, it'll be licensed Nickelodeon slime. Oh, good point. Yeah. Good point. We've talked about slime enough. <laughs> Anything else that you want to talk about before we jump into introducing our guests? I kind of want to know what you've been up to. I know you just saw Twice Twice. twice. What else is new? Twice. Um, what else is new? Just... A lot of waiting around. There's a lot of junkets stacking right now. So I'm busy for the next couple of days or a week. <laughs> and then um, something really exciting. I am I am moderating a panel at Comic-Con. I am what? on a panel at Comic-Con. What? And I am maybe moderating another panel at Comic-Con. Wait, plug them. Yeah. Plug them. Well, uh, there, there's three of them. Uh, one is with the welcome party pot. One is with Pat Loika. He's a cosplay photographer. It's about storytelling and cosplay. And then they're all on Thursday. And the last one is called like <laughs> how legendary stories are told and retold. And that's presented by the nothing new podcast. Um, uh, uh, actually also another Filipino American in that. Oh, um, cool. and then the other one is Filipinos in the entertainment business and the, at- Filipino diaspora in the entertainment business, and I'm on that. Um, That's and, awesome. Yeah. So, so it's sorry. That was a lot of information, but they're all on Thursday. One's at like one o'clock. One's at like seven. One's at eight. So it's like uh, what a uh, Thursday. Yeah, but it's so exciting because Comic Con is like one of my favorite places in the world. So that is another big like I'm looking forward to it thing. Also, is this your first time like working Comic Con or being involved in any of the panels and stuff? So last year was my first time being on a panel at Comic-Con, which was like a big deal. I've never gotten to moderate at a Comic-Con or anything like that. It's just like your dream to have that name placard. In fact, I have it right here because it means so much to me. So this is your last year. Okay, that's yeah. pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Like even, yeah. even me, who I don't watch everything that's coming out of Comic-Con, I've seen that placard before. That's cool. That's it's cool, cool, right? Yeah. And so to like even have photos of my like of my panel online is really cool we actually went viral last year not to not to to go on another tangent we went viral for our panel because it was called philippine x in uh entertainment or something like that 
Filthy oh, Nets. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember about that. Yeah. And everyone from like mainland Philippines had a problem with the term. Filipino Americans are like, get over it. And it became this whole thing. So my friends were sent, like, friends from like high school being like, hey, man, is that you? And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, that's me. And they're like, oh, is that Donkey Doug? And I was like, yeah, that's yeah. Donkey Doug. That's Mission Narito. Yes. And it's just like, it's just funny because, like, I don't know, it, the, the highlight wasn't on the wonderful conversation that JPG it's put about together. A letter is about that term. And I thought that was really disheartening. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff coming out right now, actually. Maybe, maybe I'm pretty sure that conversation kicked off a lot of it, but there's a lot of like discourse happening between Filipino Americans and mainland the, Filipinos. So it's very interesting. The grad stall, I know, is like a, a big yeah. instigator of that. And it's interesting because even like, even this podcast, um, I had uh, a family friend listened in and gave some feedback. And it was very bluntly, like, to me, it felt blunt of like, it's not for Filipinos, but I think maybe Filipino Americans could connect with it. And I was like, dang, I thought our podcast is pretty universal. And so that was really uh, disheartening because it just felt like from the same kind of it's cut from the same cloth as like the other complaints that like, but we need to stay rooted in our culture somehow. And this is how we choose to connect. Right. Um, yeah. And so and and like imagine if we didn't imagine if we just became Americans and we lose all that here and we can't, you know, pass that down when we when we can pass it down. Oh, so that makes me sad. Yeah, and I don't really get the conversation necessarily, but I am biased because I am Filipino American. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, the grass will always be greener. And there's never a way that we'll truly be able to see through each other's eyes because our experiences are all inherently so different. Yeah, although they overlap a ton. Carrie Gunnerly is living every nerd's dream. From his humble beginnings as a Halo cosplayer at Comic-Con, he has now worked on some of the biggest titles in recent years, including Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. From the workshop to sharing a gunfight with Obi-Wan himself, Carrie really does have one of the coolest jobs on Earth. And he also turned me into Stormbreaker one time. We'll get into that. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Carrie Gunner Lee! Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. This uh, this is our little podcast that 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 we're very happy to highlight people like you that are working in the industry in really cool ways that maybe we don't get to talk about a whole lot. Um, and I don't know, man. I have so many questions for you, Ash. I want I I know the guy, so I would love to give <laughs> you a question. Um, if there's anything that you're dying to know about Carrie right away. You know me, I ask these like really deep seated mind <laughs> kind of questions. So it's not going to have an exact question to it, but I just kind of want to know these characters that you're creating, what is the journey like from pen to screen? I, mm. Like, wh what are your dreams like? Can you take us through the process of really the, what you do is so right and left brain, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you navigate? both of those sides of your brain like the logistics side of like how these costumes are gonna go and the fun right. side of like what feathers i want feathers <laughs> it's very it's pretty overwhelming a lot of the times there's i mean it's certainly not just me that's doing it but like between you know from initial inception of the idea to the finished product there's just so much going on in between and uh like you're talking about like there's a lot of process figuring out like well how does this actually work how do you make it work how do you 
build the thing. It, there are instances when we play the character, so then you, we have to know, okay, well, what is the character like? What does he do? Uh, what are intentions? All this stuff that helps you guide your mannerisms and such. And then you also have to span that across multiple people sometimes. For instance, like the, the, the character I played in Obi-Wan, it wasn't just me. I, I had to have my head controlled by two other people. So while while I'm certainly thinking, okay, well, how, how would a bounty hunter, you know, get in a gunfight with Obi-Wan? My two colleagues are also like, okay, well, how was Carrie's head getting in a fight with Obi-Wan? <laughs> so it's this crazy orchestra that's going on. And then, you know, like you were saying, like, we kind of just get artwork right away. Or not say right away, but like, you know, we look at a, a couple pictures of what we need to make. We go, okay, how are we going to make it? Whether that starts in digital, meaning whether we are 3D modeling it or if we're fabricating it, meaning we're kind of making it like on the floor just out of whatever we have kind of... I don't want to belittle the the work, but like it's kind of like what cosplayers like. What I, what I did growing up was just like, what do I have around the house? What can I put together? What mm. can I cobble together? So it's it's really a, a fine balance of like, how would you make this part? How would you solve this issue? How is this thing going to go on somebody? How are they going to wear it? How are they going to survive weeks and weeks of shooting? So there's always just a fine balance. Nothing's ever perfect, but like our our main goals are make it look good. You know, make it believable, <laughs> uh, make it survivable. Like, and I don't want to make it sound like we're making death traps, but a lot of these suits are are very heavy, including the the one. Some of the ones I've worn have been this sixty pound rig that's essentially mounted to your wow. neck almost. So you're just you're just looking at the stunt guys like, please, just don't ask, <laughs> please, don't kill me, be gentle. <laughs> so, and like a lot of it is just a lot of it is just figuring out as you go. You find your sins out as you're building something. Like for in, for instance, like the Master Chief suit. Like you think, okay, how do you fit this suit on somebody? You know, are they six foot five? Do you find someone that's six mm. foot nine and then they fit perfectly, or do you build it out and someone's six foot five and they kind of cheat their dimensions a little bit? There's all sorts of stuff that you have to figure out. Try if it doesn't work, go back and try it again. And with crazy deadlines sometimes you just have to pick a direction and go. We're we're kind of a, a rapid prototyping facility that has. <laughs> Not a lot of time to make something that's never been made before, and I just hope that it's believable, it works, and that uh, it's exactly yeah. what the client, or, and for instance, the, like the director is looking for. So it's just a lot of, uh, I don't want to, again, it's kind of guesswork in a way. Like a lot of things don't exist. So you go, okay, well, how would you, let's make something and hope it works, and then <laughs> revisit if it doesn't work. It's a lot. It's so, it's so interesting because, like, when we met, it was like in college and we were going to like WonderCon and you were dressing up as like a, a Halo Spartan or actually you've had like a bunch of great cosplays <laughs> over the years and are just incredible. So to see you doing all this stuff now is like even more mind blowing because it's like your skill has just exponentially grown in my eyes as like the outsider Aww. looking in. But mm -hmm. how much of that stuff did you do back then? Like, was the foundation for this now? Like, do you do you think if you didn't have that cosplay background and you just, like, kind of got into it and stumbled into it, you would be as successful at working on such great titles? My upbringing certainly fueled or gave me so much, uh, like, blueprints to work with. There's so many, so much foundation to work with. Uh, I, I came from a mechanical engineering background at school, and then I did cosplay as, like, a hobby, essentially, which is one of basically two ways that people get into this line of work. Either they are a hobbyist or they were uh, – a makeup school is, is typically a, a pretty An common engineer. way where people people learn. And, yeah, the engineer side helped me uh, do more with the mechanical side of things, whether it's building robots or just building structures and stuff. Uh, but that that foundation helped a lot when I first started at Legacy because you're instantly overwhelmed by all these incredibly talented people. I sit 10 feet away from a guy who built a dinosaur in Jurassic Park 1. I'm like, how am I going to ever... I'm never going to impress this guy. Like, how do I ever compare to this guy? This guy literally spit, you know, 
black stuff on Wayne Knight 30 years ago. What am I? Who am I? So a lot of a lot of it is just going in with no ego too. Like I went and I'm like, listen, I'm I'm not fully incapable. I have a decent amount of ground level talents, but I'm I'm clearly in over in over my head in a certain degree. You know, I'm I'm building on a scale I haven't built before. But having all the groundwork kind of done, like how does how do fasteners go together? How long does glue take? What <laughs> when do you use hot glue? When do you use super glue? There were so many little things that I got out of the way in my garage meeting. Like I would build something and it would break, and it'd be like, well, I'm glad I didn't do that in a professional setting, or they would think I'm just don't know, don't know what I'm doing. And to be fair, they probably didn't think they probably didn't know what I was doing, but because uh, it's just like again, you're just surrounded by so much talent. And so many people that are just making informed decisions from 30 years of experience that I'm like, I'm here. I have built this one suit, maybe two, and uh, I would like a job, please. <laughs> so thankfully, it was more than nothing because I have seen uh, we, we have. But we, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but like we have interns sometimes that maybe they're engineering students. And so they want to get an idea of what it's like to work mm. in the industry. And and, and again, not, nothing against them. But like if they have no experience with the stuff other than maybe being, being in, in classrooms and the classroom mechanics and stuff. They're kind of overwhelmed. They don't, maybe they don't know what they're looking at, which is one of the harder things when you're in conversations about how do you build something. You're like, I don't even know what is fiberglass. <laughs> there are moments like that that I'm like, oh, thank God I knew what they were talking about. Or I'd be even more lost, which still happens, obviously, quite often. Because, like I said, these guys, they, they work with such incredibly over my head stuff that I'm just like, OK, I still don't know what that is. It looks important, <laughs> but <laughs> one day I'll learn its name. But to answer your question, I'm I'm so thankful that I had done a lot of it on my own to get a lot of my groundwork established and a lot of my mistakes out of the way, just knowing what works, what doesn't work on a, on a, on a basic yeah. level. Because going in, then I at least was competent and confident enough to be like, listen, I'm not incompetent, but you will have to teach me a little bit. So yeah, that's that was kind of my experience first starting with that amount of experience. <laughs> I'm, here I'm also a fast learner. <laughs> that's what I, I, I said i was you like i'm, I'm halfway capable and i can learn <laughs> just bear with me and, and like a lot of times there isn't there isn't time to learn sometimes you know if there are tight deadlines you don't have time to learn so i was mm -hmm. fortunate enough to start when that necessarily there was time but there are people that are willing to teach me and take the time to teach me and go he'll he'll help us go faster in yeah. the long run as long as we teach him now wow can we take it back to even like before you did cosplay and everything too so there's a world where Carrie is is doing cosplay. There's a world where Carrie is going to school for engineering. Like, what is the inception of those worlds, whether they collide yet or not? Like, how did you start, start, start getting into all of this? It's, and what did your parents think? It, my parents have been nothing but supportive. My mom, who is an artist, is always always like, I knew you'd come back around to what what I would consider an art, you know, uh, career. Oh, uh, that's I, so sweet. She's been very nice. She she. <laughs> Up until she visited not too long ago to Legacy, she's like, I still didn't really know what you did until I saw everything. Because <laughs> it is kind of, it's kind of hard to explain sometimes. <laughs> the amount of people that I've told, like, oh, the Grogu comes from Legacy Effects. They're like, you do the CG work? I'm like, no, 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 he's, he's real. He's tangible. And then, you know, they're like, I didn't know that. So there is, there is a world where people don't know exactly what we do because we operate in a weird space to go, are you a costume designer? Well, we do specialty costumes, but not necessarily a costume, not what you'd call a costume designer. Do you do makeups? Some part of our job is to create makeups. So the I mean, legacy does a, a smorgasbord of things. And the, and to get back to your question, uh, our J, Law and I's mutual friend JP would come down to San Diego where I was going to school, and he goes, "Do you want to go to Comic Con and check it out?" And that was already pretty well well into Nerdland, so I was like, "Yeah, I want to go check it out." And as ironic as it was, it was around the time that Iron Man One was coming out. Legacy Effects did 
the practical Iron Man suit for Robert Downey Jr. And I saw that. And in a very, like, you know, not thinking it through way, I was like, I'd like to do that someday. I don't know what that means. I don't know how to do it, but like, it'd be cool to work there someday. Uh, and so a couple of times going to Comic-Con, seeing everyone's costumes, seeing all the professional stuff. And I was like, maybe I should try making my own thing. And our, our buddy that used to bring me to uh, Comic-Con JP, he I was like, do you want to try building Halo costumes? This is really before the world of YouTube tutorials. So like the, mm-hmm. the information out there was very scarce. There was enough to kind of get started and there was enough resources to really not feel like you're just like, I don't even know where to start. Because that's actually most people's problem I've, I've found is that everyone's like, I don't, I don't even know what to do. It's a little bit easier these days where 3D models and 3D printing is so accessible. Yeah. Back then, that 3D printers weren't as consumer budgeted. So there wasn't, it wasn't really that option for me. So I was like, how do I build things out of paper mache, essentially? So I'm going to Comic-Con. I see all these suits. I eventually make my own. I start seeing more and more stuff from uh, Legacy FX, Ironhead Studios, Creative Character Engineering, a lot of the LA-based uh, studios that would, would go down and, and put on big displays and Again, kind of a not well thought out plan, but I was like, I'm going to move to LA and work for one of these guys. And the first time I called Legacy, I was like, I would like one job, please. They're like, who are you? <laughs> and I, I, it, it was not very well thought out in my, in my head. I had done a lot of building on my own, but like they didn't know who I was. I didn't work with anybody that they had worked with. So by all intents and purposes, I didn't have any credentials that would, that was tangible to them. So it was started as, oh, this looks really cool too. I'm, going to build things for myself too i want to build things for the studios and you know thankfully it, it's worked out but uh it was kind of like a uh, the shoot first ask questions later kind of plan because it could have gone really wrong <laughs> but thankfully it didn't hopefully that answers wow kind of kind of gives you a, oh, an idea yes. of the of the pathway <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I personally love that you brought up comic-con because i have a lot of memories of like seeing you guys at conventions one of my favorite things about these two is that they would like sneak into Comic-Con parties in San Diego. (laughs) And it was always funny because they would always come back with like the story of like, I don't want to get into too many details, but they were (laughs) sly out there and they were living like this like renegade nerd life. I'm sure you're going to make a movie out of it one day. There, there is a, there's certainly one story that that I think should be turned into a short film with nothing else. That uh, if if we have the time, I could tell you that the expedited version of it. But we can, oh we, yes, we can save it. It, no, I'll, you can I'll you can tell us it, if but, uh... you're comfortable with it. We'll give you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that. I mean, so I was, we were going to San Diego Comic Con, and again, not really thinking it through, but like we JP and I thought it would be cool to go to one of these Comic Con parties. All these you know, high of celebrities. What would we do if we got in or talked to them? Who knows? But we just thought it would be a cool experience. And we knew that these things were, were very hoity-toity, very high security. We had a plan one day to dress up as San Diego Gas and Electric employees <laughs> to, to work our way through the, the smorgasbord of, of hotel security checkpoints to go into. I well, I guess I probably shouldn't name it, but one, one of the uh, high up parties, we were like, we'll get the blue overalls, we'll get a, a fake work order, I changed J- my changed JP's phone number in my in my phone to be like my, my boss's name with like San Diego Gas and Electric as the company name in case they called our bluff and I was like let me call your manager which they did and then it went to his voicemail which he had changed to be like this is so and so at San Diego Gas and Electric we thought we had covered almost all of our bases we had we had what what I would consider pretty legit uh, fake work orders for like we just got to check on a breaker box. Little did they know that we were wearing suits underneath our blue coveralls. Our plan was roughly to get into the party, go to the bathroom, 
remove the coveralls, th- throw them away probably. We got them for $8 at Craig and Auto Parts or something. Come out in suits and hopefully no one would be checking for the guys who just walked in in coveralls with these really cheeky glasses on. Uh, the only the only hangup is that we had got through four checkpoints. It was amazing. You know, they usually say, like, act like you belong and you'll get it anywhere. We'd be like, hey, we're here to check. Yeah. And the security guys are like, just go, whatever. Until we got to the last, like, the, the head honcho who went through the, let me call your boss, let me see your driver's license, like, where's your van park? Went through all the questions that, like, to our credit, we were, we were sweating on the inside, but we kind of kept our cool. And then very like the very last moment, he was like, okay, well, I, I got to have somebody come up here and basically verify this. And, like, we kind of like okay we'll be in the lobby and at that point we're like listen this has been fun but i think the gig is up and we got we got we might as well take off and leave with leave with a little bit of dignity and no jail time or anything not that going and yeah. trying to break into a party is you know that harsh of a thing but again i don't even know i don't really know why we thought it would be fun I mean, we just thought it would be an experience because we just thought it'd be cool to be around these celebrities here here's the thing that's a great story and i know that is not the only <laughs> I have one i have a picture i'll show you someday <laughs> But the but the thing that I love is that you guys basically had your own heist movie, and the only reason the plan <laughs> didn't work is because you didn't have like a couple more members. Like maybe you exactly. need the hacker exactly, guy. or you know, guy in the chair, guy in the chair, or or guy in the chair, some guy that comes up like <laughs> he just got so torn good. away from me. He's like, "What? What do you want? I'm set. These guys. Like, why did you need me to come here? We needed someone to kind of give the same energy back because like." If you're stern enough, maybe you just bowl them over a little bit. But like we were a little, we weren't yeah. quite fully committed. We we're like, uh, you can talk to our boss. But if we had just been like, guy, we're just trying to do our job. So we know yeah. we, were, we were young, maybe didn't play the attitude quite right. But I thought we got farther than I thought we would. I didn't actually. That's think incredible. What a story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, plan 2.0. We're going to sneak into the Oscars. Let's get this planned out now there for next go. year. Oscars. It'd be hilarious if, like, if, it'd be hilarious, like, when, you you make this giant plan, and for some reason you got invited that year. You're like, well, we gotta sneak in anyways. Oh. And at the last second, <laughs> if it didn't work, you'd be like, well, we got invited. We just thought it'd be funny to break in. Well, that kind of just takes the fun out of it, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> on the red carpet in like sleuth suits behind. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh, that's or like amazing. you're in the air vent. You're like, listen, we're supposed to be here. <laughs> we just thought it'd be funny. Dude. Carrie, you're so talented and artistic. Yeah. I remember you used to draw like I, I don't know if it was every day or every week. There was like a new doodle with like white and black ink on and like on like a brown canvas of some sort. I, mm-hmm. Ash, one time I dressed up as a hammer at a comic book convention and it went <laughs> over very, very well. I was Thor's hammer. So the next year I said, I need to be Thor's new weapon, Stormbreaker, part hammer, part axe. I hit up Carrie with a very, very rough drawing of what I thought it would look like. <laughs> and he used math and material and created the most durable Stormbreaker helmet that I could have ever wished for. That thing was <laughs> indestructible. And it lasted for years and years until I eventually moved out. Like, oh. it was just <laughs> this massive thing. I'll have to put a photo up or something. But yes, that's please. Like, that's like your brain. Like, like you, you just made that conceptually. Um, but, and that blows well, my, my favorite, mind. <laughs> my, my favorite thing is, is often goofy stuff. And, and it was just a fun idea. And, and as people maybe know in this kind of line of work, like you're just never have free time. But I was like, I got to make free time to do this because it's got to be fun. And yeah. If you ever ask anybody at Legacy what their favorite project and, is, it's <laughs> never, it's never 
Jurassic Park is not Iron Man. It's some goofy commercial where they got to make a, a squirrel <laughs> with a with a crown or something, and they got to Aww. puppeteer or something. That is true. Then, like you, you're the projects that you like the most that you prefer are projects that you kind of are able to brainstorm on your own instead of projects that already have these kind of set parameters that you have to work within. Yeah, we we typically enjoy the more creative liberties we're given. And depending on the, pro it really depends on the project and what that means. But there, there are certainly a lot of projects where they're like, "Here's exactly what we want. This is exactly what it needs to do. Make exactly that." And it can be fulfilling because it, for me, for my engineering side, it's fulfilling. Meaning, like, I built something and it works. Because sometimes that's not always a given. We built the yeah. Uh, me and a couple of guys built the like the speeder bikes for Boba Fett uh, the season one. Not not the not the goofy Vespa ones, but the the Tuscan Raider ones, and those those were. Like, <laughs> I like I like the clarification. <laughs> I mean, I didn't just suck a bunch You're of meters and give it a chrome paint job, but uh, but to to me it, it was it was here's a picture, make it, and everyone's like, well, this isn't very maybe maybe it could be not as satisfying because it's you know you, you know exactly what you need to do. There's not a lot of figuring out, but to me it was just an achievement just to make it work, and so that that is yeah. really fun for me. But like you were saying. The projects that we have much more creative liberties over, and, and especially when it comes to a performance, like if we're able to do puppeteering, for instance, and like then we really feel like we're, we're a little bit more a part of it, as opposed to just building something and handing it off, being like, "I hope that went well." So if we can be there to either, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy it if I'm either there to see it uh, work, whether it's a costume I built and I get to see someone wear it and see it perform, or if I get to do the performance myself, it's it's usually the more m meaningful projects to me. It just it's just more fun for to be able to see it come to life. Or, or if you're the puppeteer, for instance, and it's more fun to bring it to life yourself and then add your own little kind of stick to it. Like the Obi, Obi Wan was my first uh, suit performance credit, and that was still the most fun. Not just because it's the first one, but it was just it was just more fun to build a character and and bring it to life. And that was the first time I'd experienced that, especially on that scale. I don't know if I'll be able to top getting shot by Bill McGregor, which was who was very. And nice now you're a bounty hunter me. in the Star Wars universe. That's like crazy. You're a bounty hunter in the Star Wars. Universe. It That's doesn't awesome. get lost. In I, 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 every now and my, my friends are, are, are very kind every now and again. I'll be like, I tell people that my friend got shot by Obi-Wan. So it's, it's never, it's never, it doesn't I'm, fade. I'm it's not like that's too. done onto the next. <laughs> I, I do that to my wife. I go, she, she worked on this. Did you know that? <laughs> She's done some really cool <laughs> yeah. stuff. She's, she's been in, in industry oh, wait, longer than I have. Yeah, let's talk yes. about Jamie. <clears throat> she's great. Yes, because uh, you guys I met, met at yes. the shop, right? I did. I walked by one what? day. Tell us she, every... she had. Oh. I, I, I had walked by. Uh, we worked on different sides of the shop at the time, but I would always walk by, and she has. She had this one picture that really hurt me. There was a picture of her hockey team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, beating my hockey team, the San Jose Sharks, in the Stanley Cup final. And it's oh, in San Jose, so it's even more crushing. And I remember that day very well, being like, we made it to the, it was the first time going to the cup. I was like, how could we lose? It was our first time. And so, and I just remember walking by one day, be like, it's a, it's a really nice poster you have there. Uh, and, and, <laughs> then, and then a blossoming <laughs> relationship ensued after that. But yeah, so we worked together for a little bit before, before we started going out. And now we, now we are married. <laughs> that is it's the best meet cute ever isn't there a great meet cute <laughs> there wasn't a picture there maybe i wouldn't have had the courage to talk to her talk to a pretty girl at the shop <laughs> there you go <laughs> small victory the, the first time that i met met your wife you guys were both Why operating a bantha <laughs> from Star oh that's right that's right <laughs> no because i didn't really meet meet her because it was through a giant elephant alien and it was so 
And it was so funny. Ash, this was at Star Wars Celebration. And he's inside and he sends me a selfie of him and his wife <laughs> operating this Bantha. And then the next time that I actually met her in person, she was covered in goo because she was casting something. <laughs> just like, it is a just messy goo. Job. I remember telling her too, I'm like, my, my friend's out there. And I was, he says, look to the left. <laughs> so we would turn the Bantha head a little bit. And I would text Lolly like, are we looking at you now? <laughs> Yeah, and, I took a she, selfie with the Bantha her, from the outside yeah, too. She was like, "What's going on?" Like my friends out there, we're just trying to. I'm trying to look at him with the Bantha. <laughs> so <laughs> you're right. So that, cool. that is an air quotable oh moment. Gosh. That is, it was a fun. That was yeah. the Mandalorian experience, if I'm not mistaken, down in Anaheim, and that was that yes, was a, it was. A, a it was like this whole back room full of stuff that you worked on. It's like yeah, the, the, the majority of that stuff came from like there's there was quite a few characters and creatures there that were from other studios but like so much of it was from us and we never see it all in one place like that very often so it was kind of cool to be like oh there's the thing we did in season one there's season two and beyond and for boba fett and stuff so oh. it's, and it's kind of nice like again it's not that not that our egos needed but it's kind of nice to have people be able to see it and appreciate it because a lot of times they don't know what goes into it and we had a lot of characters there that were what we would call like degloved so like the Asaurian character the skin was removed and then you yeah. got to see all the animatronics all the aluminum all the pistons all the motors all the servos and it, it, most people probably don't know what they're looking at but they're like it's real it's not just a, a static head that was you know like maybe a digital reference to something like it really moves and so it, it was the first time i could tell a lot of people had, didn't know that these things were practical or that they you know what you see is what you get and that was the same yeah like i was saying the same story with groku is that a lot of people didn't know that that was a real thing and didn't know and for a lot of people until that panel that John Favreau had uh, our guys have Grogu come out on stage and people were like I thought that was a computer I didn't know it was real yeah so it's very cool and it's it's so interesting because you have this cute little guy and then the way that it's puppeteered it's just like these wires and stuff into like <laughs> a compu- like a like a joystick of some sort right like you got it's like a bunch of little motors and stuff it's it's like it's not it's nothing like you've ever seen before ash it's so interesting yeah, it's, to see the behind the scenes photos of that a, a lot of that stuff is it's crazy that, that the engineers come up with this but like a lot of those cables you see coming out of the back their function is to either pull something this way or pulsing that way and then someone translates all those movements into all the facial expressions you see out of out of groku for instance so it's crazy to see like just this pile of cables coming out. You're like, what does that do? And then you're like, <laughs> the engineer has to be like, that's what makes the face do all those things. The times he w- looks at you like this, or the time <laughs> his ears go down, or the time he has a little smirk, or his brow furrows, all little cables just pulling. <laughs> that's obviously a oversimplification, it's... but like for for all intents and purposes, it's wild that these guys tr- uh, can can design these things and make them look so organic and so real. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's so... insane. <laughs> that's where you lose me completely like i'm all about these big idea concepts and the the here's what we want to do and make people feel but like when you get math in the picture bye i'm like <laughs> six rooms down when you're when you're building something how do you and you're presented with something that you can't necessarily like figure out you're in a time mm-hmm. crunch situation you have a due date on friday how the hell do you get over the, like a, a a writer's block like how do you mm. get through it and like solve the problem a lot of times we do something that's famously known as a garbage bag test. This, this, I believe this term came from way back in the day when a lot of people I work with were doing the Alien Queen for the James Cameron's Aliens. And they were, they were trying to wrap their head around how do you make the Alien Queen practical? Because it was, it was a practical thing. And it's gigantic. And so they did what's called the garbage bag test where they, they basically were like, this is what we think the mechanics need to look like. 
and we're going to wrap it in black trash bags to make it look kind of like an alien so we can film it. Because if you just show a director a bunch of mechanics moving, they don't really, maybe you think, oh, it looks, look, it works, the arm moves. But they're looking at a bunch of aluminum or metal and they're like, oh, what? And so you kind of have to, you kind of have to get it as close as what you think the final thing needs to be to really sell it. And so we do that a lot when we're like, I don't know what we're, I don't know how to build this. We got it. We got it. A lot of times it's, it's, it just is as simple as we got to build something, see what works and see what doesn't work. So a lot of things go through different iterations. So there, there are times when we look at something and we're like, I don't know how to get this thing to work. There are, there are, uh, uh, Lola, I think the character's name is the, the little, the little robot dish thing in Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first looked, I wasn't responsible for any of that. I just want to put that out there. But when I looked at it, I was like, how are you going to make all of those? They, they have a, you know, a list of movements they want from it. I'm like, this thing is this big. How do you possibly, how do you possibly <laughs> do that? Thankfully, those engineers are much better than I am, so they, they figured it out. But like, you know, like you're saying, like in in something like that, maybe you build something bigger, so you get like, okay, we got the movements down. Now I'll, it's like the Tony Stark thing, you know, Obadiah saying, like, I've asked, simply asked you to make it smaller. Uh, <laughs> so stuff like that. So a lot of it is just trial and error. Is kind of like the best answer I can give. Where like, if we don't yeah. know how to do something, we're like, well, I I always say this a lot of times when we talk about six thousand different ways to do something. Eventually, we all, someone has to be like, let's pick one of those lanes and see if it works and then go from there. Because if we just talk about it all day, we're not going to build anything. So it is, it is oh, hard yeah. to wrap your head around, especially because, and this is no fault of the people asking, but sometimes when the people ask for things, like we want a character that does this. And maybe, maybe uh, there are conversations that happen where, you know, our, our guys are saying, well, we can do this. It can do that. And then it comes to us. They're like, we've told them it can do this and it can do that. And then now we have to make that work. <laughs> so sometimes it's just like, you know, it's just as simple as, we we talked about we wanted to do this now make it happen and for the most part i I would say we're able to deliver that and so that's that's always fulfilling when you go oh thank god we we pulled that (laughs) now for our next magic trick we'll make grogu do a backflip which was one of the things it had to do yeah yeah not not me personally not me personally but uh when those guys pulled it off i was like i don't know how we were gonna do that but movie magic just the fact that you have to say not me personally because you've done so much and there's so <laughs> this world is so big like that's cool in itself it's very hard to keep like a lot of times if we're like we're proud of our stuff we want to post about it it's really hard to remember to every single person to give credit to like we try to we would love yeah. to in a perfect world everyone gets the credit they deserve and stuff and so sometimes i'm like oh god i'm gonna forget somebody and someone will message me be like well i did the fur on that you didn't i was like ah, sorry oh my <laughs> gosh like there, hundreds of people are involved in one thing because yeah, they're yeah. putting hair and like the, the mm-hmm. fingers. I don't know, whatever. No, you're right. And that's kind of to, to your point, like definitely nothing there is ever touched by just one person. No one can ever say, oh, I, this is my character. I, I built this. It's always a, a, an army of people, an army of very talented people that have to all be on the same page to build this thing because there's a very good chance that you could... If you're not on the same page, you know, the mechanics can show up and be like, here's the skeleton for the thing. And then someone brings the skin and they go, they don't fit. So it's just, it's, it's uh. quite a symphony to have all these people line up on the same page to make all their pieces, all their contributions line up to make a believable character, a believable suit, what have you, whatever it is we make. Like, I don't want to, I mean, it's, it's, and a lot of times we look at it and we go, it's a miracle that that all came together and it worked out perfectly. Like, because <laughs> it's. Because and a lot of people, a lot of people maybe don't know like just how complex what they're looking at really is. So a lot of times, like like us or people at other studios will like, wow, that is, it's wild that you can make that work. And a lot of people maybe just go, oh, that's cool, that's that's awesome that it works. But they don't. And again, I'm not blaming anybody for not knowing how an animatronic works. But like, 
it's really impressive how some of these things that these engineers make that I'm like, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> Carrie was kind enough to let me go on a tour of uh, Legacy, a short, a short little tour of the things I'm allowed to see. I'll say it that way. Oh. There's a lot more that I couldn't see. Right. It's just like that's just the nature of the work. But I remember walking around because there's some cool stuff. It's like walking through like a, a museum of cinema, like the real steel robots, Jurassic World's there, you know, Obadiah State, you know, Iron Monger's there. You know what I mean? Like, but Full I remember size. when we I pointed out Jonathan from Dungeons and Dragons, you were like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that thing almost killed me. And so it made me think like to your recent memory, like what has been the most difficult project to like on a personal level you know what i mean like what was like that you finished obviously it all gets finished <laughs> because the movies come out but what is like your favorite <laughs> i guess or your most recent memory of something difficult jonathan actually is probably the, the greatest example of that and it's kind of goes back to what i was saying earlier is like sometimes people not, not that they don't know what they're asking but maybe they know what they're asking is a tremendous ask and something that was really tough about jonathan is that he has this I don't remember the exact number, but it's something like a, it's close to a twenty foot wingspan, which in the physics world is just really, really, really <sighs> daunting. Couple that on top of the fact that the actor was wearing stilts, meaning your own feet are not on the ground, meaning you don't. You know, it's, it's uneasy walking. Maybe your feet are a foot above the ground. That. He's got fake hands on. Essentially, he's got you know these these gloves that have finger extensions. So what he's grabbing is not really his hand grabbing it, which can be very. Uh, it could it could really throw you in the real world, and is also wearing an animatronic head with low visibility. Couple that together mm -hmm. with the the rig of wings that I built for him, uh, not just me, I should say. Once again, I want to give proper credit, but being involved in that project, <laughs> team sport, they're like, team here, sport. here, can you can you go ahead and just uh, break physics for me? Make sure make this thing super light, make it work perfectly every time, and also put you know two hundred something feathers on it. And so it's it's a it's a very tall ask just because you know to ask something that big that vast to work and to also not just topple the suit performer over as soon as the wings open because we tried it at, sure. we tried it at legacy where we put it on somebody and we opened the wings and just the force of that was enough to like really throw you around and little things like that can really can really ruin a performance like if jonathan's walking through those gates and his wings open and he also almost falls over you're gonna be like well this guy this is clearly a guy just trying not to fall over so uh, <laughs> I'll give a, I'll give I would certainly again give a lot of credit to the guy that was wearing that set of wings and and to the other guys making the other aspects of the suit but that was one of the toughest times I've had with wrapping my head around the physics of it being like this is I don't know if this is I don't know how you make that vast of a component to a character lightweight functional and work every time something like that and it's it's a tall order and and I I felt even more for the guys that were on set dealing with it. Cause I, I, I mean, I was one of those things that I built and sent off meaning like, I didn't get to see how it, yeah. so I'm just over at legacy. Like, I hope that went well. And thank you, my went boss well. me. After, after it film was like, I heard it went really well today. Like it worked. And I was like, really? <laughs> a little bit of disbelief. Just cause <laughs> like, it's still is, I mean, not to be a little, but like, I was the least sure I was ever of sending something out. I was like, I think it's going to work, but like, there are so many ways it can go wrong. A, a, a feather could get caught on something. There's, so many individual feathers that something could break at any moment that like you just you build it as good as you can and you do hope for the best sometimes and that one was so complicated with so many moving parts and such a tall order and so much power moving through the the force it took to yeah. lift the wings and to like flap them was enormous and there's these very strong motors powering everything 
and again, it's just very easy to just knock somebody over because when we put it on and we're not as fit as super performers, a lot of times we're like, this is going to, this might, this is going <laughs> to knock someone over right away, especially if you've got stilts on. So it was, it was yeah. certainly like this, like perfect storm of like, there's so many ways this could go wrong. And it were, and it worked out really well. And I was like, thank God. And then like you're saying, <laughs> I'm on display at legacy. And I look at it, I'm like, that's, it was, it was tough because you're working long hours and you're, you're tasked with a project that's really hard to figure out and we went through like like we were talking about earlier it's like we go through a lot of iterations we try to figure out what works best we started with much heavier but more reliable pieces and we decided they were too heavy so we ended up going to lighter pieces so like not not to pull the curtain back too much but like we go through so many different iterations and you send it off you're like i hope that was the right call because you know you yeah. don't really know until the day of filming so oh that's scary yeah, yeah it's, that's terrifying it's, it's, dude you know and, and I don't want to make it sound like we're just a bunch of bunch of dummies just like sending things off being like hope that works like there's obviously quite a quite a deal of testing that goes into a lot of r&d and a lot of experience that helps shape all the components we build and stuff but like there's always just you know even the best built things will will, will break sometimes you just don't know filming is is very very rigorous you know you do the same very you do the same take on obi-wan i I did my, my dying scene so many times that eventually the head being so heavy when i was when i was shot and i fall on the ground the stunt guys were like let me pick you up and i'm like how about you just leave me here until they're ready to shoot again because this is the only time that the weight is not on my shoulders <laughs> oh <laughs> they just wow. left this dinosaur in the ground for like five minutes while they reset everything <laughs> and again i'm not in as good a shape as as maybe some like stunt guys are but i was just like man this is so physically taxing and like i was up for the challenge but like it really, it really can illustrate the point. Like, you know, just a few second clip of me fighting Obi-Wan that showed up in the show took, took a lot of effort. And so it's a lot more credit to the guys that have to film much more than, than I had to do for that show, especially. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Insanity, dude. That's just like such a <laughs> cool insight to all that. And like, also thank you for your service. <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> like, That's why we do it. we're all happier for it. Um, but like, now I have to ask kind of like the mirror question to that is Mm -hmm. you get to work with like some really cool directors and (laughs) actors that come into the shop. I remember the day that you told me that you helped make Thor's fat suit in Endgame, and like it (laughs) broke my brain hearing that because I was just like my friend helped make that and then he made my hammer. (laughs) Like I love those that helped on that one. That 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 is like one of those cool things. That is one of those. This, there, there are moments that you know it doesn't. It doesn't have to be the most popular thing. It doesn't have to be you know the thing yeah. that everyone talks about, but something that you're the most proud of. And like that's one of those things that is just like fun to look at. It. You're like, that's funny that you made you know, one of the most ripped people <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> it's, it's overweight. It's like a fun. Yeah. It's a funny thing to share, right? But like, who was like the it coolest? Is. Like, I know this is like an impossible question, mm-hmm. but who comes up first when you think of like who is my favorite like celebrity or director who came into the shop and you worked with directors? it's it's pretty it's pretty easy for me just because i grew up in high school high school yeah high school i was such a big firefly fan that i was like one day if i work with nathan Fillion, that'd be pretty cool and then yeah. when i got the when i got the the info i had started working on the orgo centuries which is what nathan Fillion played in guardians i started working on those not knowing that he was one of them at the time and then suddenly uh, the, the lead of the project was like, so Nathan's going to come in for a fitting. And I was like, Nathan? And that's when I that's when I knew it was Nathan Fillion. And um, we actually, we have a mutual friend. And so I was like, well, I'm not like a, 
I've got something to just talk to him about. I'm not just going to like totally, and I can keep my cool around like celebrities and stuff, but I was like, man, it'd be really cool if it, if this, if, if, uh, you know, just have a great experience with him. And he came in for the fitting and he's super nice and, and cordial. We were sharing cat pictures eventually on set. Like people that, uh, are very, very cordial to the people that are torturing them essentially. Cause we're putting this really uncomfortable, sweaty suit on him and he's still nice to us. I'm like, thank God. So spending setting a time out in Atlanta on set with him was, was a lot of fun, especially and, and it's just a lot of like I'm sorry that we're doing this to you. <laughs> I know it's not comfortable to wear these things, but he was very cool and, and uh, <clears throat> always took the time. Always said you know good morning to us, good say goodbye to us, thanks for taking care of us and stuff. And like uh, uh, sometimes when we're handlers, basically when we're someone that dresses somebody and takes care of them, make sure they've got everything they need. When they when they appreciate and they tell you, then you like you kind of feel a little bit of like oh we did our job, like we took care of somebody. And a lot of it is like a lot of times, like I was saying, people at Legacy know how, how hot it gets or how uncomfortable it gets. And so like we have a pretty good understanding of what they're going through. So, you know, we can go up. Yeah. It can be as simple as being like, hey, Nathan, would you like a little bit of fan action on you? Because you're probably getting really hot in there. And so it was just it's, it's such a such a vague answer being like, he's just really nice. But it was it was one of the cooler experiences in my life. And it was cool to kind of so- talk about this, the uh, this. Uh, mutual friend that we have that is just also a very nice guy so it's nice to bond over people we know and to go, get through such a cool project i want to know about the testing process like at, at your studio is there an area that's just covered in foam that you get to like <laughs> throw wings on and crash into stuff and you're like yes i gotta test it today and you're just <laughs> ramming into walls it's it's pretty much whatever space is available at the time with with a with all the different departments it's whatever department has the least amount going on where we'll go test those things like the wings were so big that we're like we got to go outside for this so we, we have a we have a back <laughs> area that we had to do that in and stuff and we have a, a a makeup room where we do a lot of the like molding of actors and we will test um silicone prosthetic stuff and sometimes we'll do costumes in there too just because it's a it's an air-controlled room a lot of the tools are there so it's and it's private so it's it's the nice environment for them to to basically be in the most vulnerable state where sometimes my wife is slapping silicone on their faces <laughs> like don't worry we'll get you out of there as soon as you can so it's it, those are those are kind of how we test things out is you know just the space that's available or you know if it's something like makeups we can test out in the makeup room <laughs> it's so interesting to me to see a, a workshop on a scale like that you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you don't see like someone's garage isn't decked out the way that it is and like with like <laughs> its own paint like paint cube cage thing like we appreciate you getting giving us the time to get to know you a little bit but um mm-hmm. i think i think it's time for the lightning round let's do oh, yeah. a couple quick fire questions just like i'm ready they're nothing insane just first thing that comes to mind ash do you want to lead it or shall i yeah, I can do it really quick. Let's right. do it. All right. All right. Lightning Ready? round. All right. Current <laughs> song on repeat. Oof. Gosh. Uh, there's a song by uh, Lewis the Man called Attitude that I've been playing a lot. Ooh, All right. Okay. Something that you're good at that nobody knows. I almost said drawing, but I... Uh, <laughs> sa- uh, sailing. There we go. Sailing. Oh, <laughs> sailing. Okay. Wow. I get it. He's Engineering makes sense. <laughs> okay. They're called Something you're, and cur- and- <laughs> <laughs> Something you're currently obsessed with. Uh, the new marathon game coming out because I'm a big Bungie fan. So I'm trying to get all the information oh, I can yeah. out of that. It was like, that's my upbringing was Bungie. So hence the Halo. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's the Halo. Right. Uh, right. Favorite comfort food. Oh, uh, ramen. Uh, definitely ramen, oh! which I've shared with Locke like, right. a number of times. Tell us your order. 
at the spot down by my house, I either get the tonkatsu black if I want the more garlicky taste or the tonkatsu spicy if I'm feeling a little more adventurous that way. And I always get it with pork and sometimes with an extra egg and thick noodles. Oh yeah, Ooh. that's a that's a very specific order. order. You know what you like. You know, I've you know, you know you're on. Yeah. <laughs> he knows okay. what he wants. What do you order during happy hour? Just Modelo. Just I'm, I'm more of a beer guy. I, I suffer from the Asian glow, so uh, some, of the hard <laughs> alcohol, some of the harder alcohols will expedite the process, and I'll just turn red and just <laughs> be useless the rest of the night. So beer is usually a, an easier way for me to not just completely be, be incapacitated. <laughs> <laughs> i don't drink ever and we like this past weekend or something we went to go get drinks and my husband turns to me and he's like you're red and i'm like it's asian glow <laughs> well I, my brother gets it way worse than i do so i should cut myself lucky but my every now and again my swedish side will be like we'll we'll take it from here and, the, and then I can drink. sometimes i don't get it but most of the time my wife will be like, you're, you're turning really red. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay, okay. Your ideal day off, especially you're in the studio, you're using your hands, you're tired. What are you doing on your day off? Lately, uh, my wife and I like to go out to either the forest, the desert, or the beach. We've got, we take our Bronco, we either do a little off-road trail or find a nice tree to park a hammock up. And so a lot of times she'll prepare a little picnic lunch. Cheese words are her so thing. cute. Cheese that has Aww. become all of our ideal days off now. That's so awesome. <laughs> Wait, yeah, can I, just... I be your wife's best friend? Your wife sounds cool, man. <laughs> like I said, she's much cooler than I am. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, an unpopular opinion. I don't like the show Friends very much. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, hot take, but a good hot take. I feel like you would have some people on your side for that one. I, I, <clears> usually <throat> the, the, the division is either you're a Friends guy or a Seinfeld guy, and I happen to be a Seinfeld guy. But I, I get the impression uh, that the Friends people outnumber them. But I'm not sure probably. if that's just just my optics. <laughs> <laughs> optics are a big thing, yes. Yeah. Okay, last question. Going to 7-Eleven, what can I get you? Uh, <laughs> recently, my wife showed me a video of a guy showing you the right way to eat airheads, which is apparently you're supposed to take those little sugary bars. Apparently, you're supposed yeah. to shake them until they turn into basically a balloon and then you eat them had no idea what i i kid you not weeks ago and so we tried it on the way yeah try it it worked it turned into a little balloon i will i will and maybe another unpopular opinion after you try it but i actually prefer the regular way of just eating it as a stick so you're uh, telling me you don't bite into it like a little candy power bar it's uh, you know it was one (laughs) it's one guy on instagram so maybe maybe there's something to that but it made sense to me because you know the the logo was like a as like a balloon and then we took it out and it looked you know it looks kind of like a balloon but uh whoever was in charge of marketing that is fired (laughs) there's no instructions there's not a single commercial (laughs) that says by the way you've been doing it wrong please turn it into a balloon and eat it (laughs) Oh, and this he is let where... you don't shake it. You're the airhead. <laughs> oh my god, we're so dumb. Oh, I don't, genius. I, I will quantify it by saying too is that he he alleges that it changes the flavor by doing this, and I I don't know if it's placebo. The first time I did it, I was like, I think it tastes a little different, and then I did it a few more bites. I'm like, no, he's he's full of it. That's just the same. I'm so pissed like off. Tops. What yeah, the hell? <laughs> decades of my life be eating airheads the wrong way, and I like I like sugary candy, so that is. <laughs> Airheads is kind of in my go-to little uh, sugary snack from 7-Eleven. And this green is where your math Arizona. shines. Oh, good combination. <laughs> good combination. Trying to All right. I'm not just fill packing myself with sugar. I don't want to do soda <laughs> and airheads. It just seems overkill. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like uh, my kind of night, though. 
<laughs> off camera, off camera, I would certainly tell you I was gonna go. <laughs> off camera, he's like, "Oh, I, I just eat sugar by the spoonful." If I turn the camera around a little bit, wrappers and Coca Cola cans. Your That's wife awesome. is just like in the background with an Airhead wrapper. <laughs> I almost got it ready, babe. Just two more seconds. If I combine all of them, we'll have enough to reach the moon. Have I, you seen the movie Up? Oh, <laughs> those more balloons, they were all airheads. That man, That's so that man has so much diabetes. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, well, we don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, and I hope that you've enjoyed the conversation and it, you didn't feel like you were talking too much. We were just fascinated by what, I, everything that you were saying. I do like explaining sometimes because like I, like a lot of the times if I ever tell people what I do, they go, that's cool. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Because <laughs> it is, like I said, it operates in such like kind of a, a niche area that like a lot, a lot of people know exactly what it entails. So it is kind of yeah. nice to explain because a lot of times, not in, a, not in a desperate attempt to seem impressive, but like just as an educational thing to be like, oh, it's isn't it cool that this exists? Isn't practical effects still really cool and stuff? And it's all the suits you see sometimes it's it's all it's all really cool and fulfilling to me so like when i tell somebody about it and then they like it too just kind of nice because that's kind of in a, in a rudimentary way that's kind of how i got into it when i saw it and i was like that's really cool i'd like to do that it'd be the same if someone told me the iron man suit was real i'd be like no and then here i am working at that place didn't build any of those iron man suits but just cool to be around <laughs> it's still cool to be like in the presence of them but you know this podcast we talk about you know what it means to to be like a, a minority out in the entertainment industry and um i remember we had like a very brief text uh mm -hmm. conversation about connecting with your culture but in your adult life do you feel more like more aware of your asian american background uh or does that not really come up in your line of work because like in it for ash and i comes up all mm -hmm. the time right but we're being Every judged day. for our right our faces our looks you know what i mean right but like for you behind the scenes does it feel like there's that same it's, kind of energy it, it certainly isn't as impactful for us maybe because we're so far down the line of of production meaning like for instance people are already pretty are generally already cast by the time they get to us for instance so we don't we get to see those conversations where some of the decisions are being made so uh, a lot of that never factors into our stuff um it, it is it is certainly i don't want to say just like above my pay grade but just above above our department like we just we just don't deal with with those kind of conversations like because they they are they're tough ones and i i know how <laughs> yeah. tough it can be and i i was joking with you earlier that or the other day that like just it's it's been a little bit lost on me being kind of kind of ambiguous enough looking where some like not many people know exactly my, my ethnic background just by looking at me a lot of people there's there's three traditional guesses that people usually will spit out and so i haven't maybe haven't gotten haven't felt that effect quite as much because maybe nobody can assuredly be like i can't really throw an asian joke at him because i don't even know if he's asian he might be hispanic or something so maybe being uh, ethnically ambiguous has, has eluded me or, or maybe i'll just sheltered from it but it it was such a it, it was kind of a non-factor in my life and and i didn't grow up uh, predominantly with my Asian family who are, are very, very traditionally Chinese. And so mm. it just kind of, it, it went, uh, not necessarily went over my head, but like it just, I didn't feel the effects that they had felt uh, as, as very, very, uh, a full Chinese family. So again, like I, I don't know if you would, you would call it like, you know, I, I feel uh, lucky, but like I've certainly 
and I, I would probably say that I'm looking not to have experienced a, a lot of racism. And I remember someone actually asked me years ago, there, there was an article that came out about Jeremy Lin of the Golden State Warriors. And they, they, there was a, a headline that could easily be conceived as, as a racial comment. And someone asked me, like, does that bug you? And I was like, I don't think so. No, like, I've never, I've never, no one had ever asked me, like, does, does an Asian joke bother you? So it was, it was weird to even, and it's obviously someone that knew me and knew that, that I was Asian, but like, it just, sure has been so has has not really come up in my in my life a lot and and I, like I said maybe it's maybe it's living a little bit in an oblivious an oblivious world but like not having been subjected to it maybe I do feel lucky not having to feel the wrath of of racial events or racism <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's yeah I yeah. see it and I'm just glad that it doesn't happen to me as often as as others good um hey we're here to celebrate anyone who could connect with their identity without having a crisis. So hell yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I, I, like I was saying like, you know, I, I was very aware of, of a lot of like the Chinese stereotypes that like my, my mm -hmm. family very clearly was, was my Asian grandma. My Chinese grandma was always like, you're going to be a doctor, right? I'm like, what? My, my mom's a, a Swedish artist. Like what, how am I going to be a doctor? <laughs> so like, and, like just a lot of like the really, really, really bad stereotypes. Like, I don't want to go through them all, but like I was, I was at least acutely aware of them viewing my family uh but thankfully none of it none of it had deflected to me but uh yeah it made me much more aware of like what what they go through just seeing it and especially my my, my neighbor who's also asian and so they get, getting to see that it goes i was like wow you go through a lot and she would kind of be like yeah but you don't go through it i'm like well i'm like vaguely tan and don't necessarily look like a certain race so it's not as easy for people to pinpoint and maybe pick at or bully at yeah, and it's just the truth. I mean, everyone's background is uh, is complicated, but thank you for sharing that either way, because it is it is interesting, you know, just to see how it affects different if it affects uh, different people in that way. Yeah, I, I, um, I almost yeah. I, it's a weirdly like every now and again, like I feel guilty by saying like I didn't really none of it really had had crossed my path in my life, but it's just I don't know, yeah, if it's just yeah. being ambiguous enough. But like I I do count myself lucky not to have have ex experienced that because it can I'm sure it can shape people or you know negatively impact people or weigh on their minds all yeah. the time it's it's terrible and it's unnecessary so it's i do feel lucky that it wasn't subjected to it 100 yeah. percent, yeah a lot of people don't even know that i'm filipino and they don't know my cultural background and i get ethnically ambiguous that's all i get mm -hmm. like, i don't know what you are you're something that's all you are to me i don't know i don't i don't care <laughs> it's like they don't even care in a way too but there's that privilege right of not being mm -hmm. able to mm -hmm. like you don't truly know i don't know like you connect with it, but you also mm. don't truly know what the hardships are, but you have the privilege of both being in the community, but not truly like getting every single aspect that isn't fun, but you can, I don't know, it, it's a, it's a lot of the push and pull. And I know for me in my experience, mm -hmm. that's kind of forced me to double down within my job as a PR person, within my job right. as, a, as a filmmaker. So I, I enjoy hearing what you said about that. That was, that was very insightful. Yeah. Just, just a bunch of mixed kids. It is hanging out, kind of... talking about our ourselves. <laughs> that is my my very like unscripted answers. It's just like I'm, I don't know what to tell you. Like not a lot has happened, which can be good That's... or bad considering who you ask. And yeah, it is a blessing though, in in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But that said, you know we're rounding out here, and we always give our guest a moment to share whatever message that they want. So you could tell us. A message that you have for audiences, maybe budding creatives. You could tell us 
what you've got going on in your life or projects you're excited for. Maybe you can't talk about that. It's very <laughs> NDA unfriendly, I know. But or you can talk we, about your favorite sports teams. Yeah, we want to. <laughs> we can talk about Go the ahead. Penguins. <laughs> oh, let me get my uh, wife for you. Jamie, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they want to talk but, about the Penguins. That's good. That's good. Don't let anyone in San Jose hear me say that because uh, I will get. Sh- I'll, I'll play that for all of them. <laughs> Don't do all it. All I know uh, is that the Golden Knights won something, and there's a parade hey, happening hey, down hey. the street. That's all no, I know. No. I don't watch sports. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> That's something so that there, there is solace is that uh, some of ex Penguins players are on that team. So, so oh. well, at least some of my guys got you know, got to a Stanley <laughs> Cup. Um, so I can, I can go down the list of what I remember, but uh, I do one of the things I always tell because every time I hold a panel on how to how to build costume stuff, the one thing I always try to encourage uh, budding creatives is to just go out and try something. I didn't realize like that ninety nine percent of people are like, yeah, I really want to try something, but I have no idea where to start, and that is like. I get it. Starting is the hardest part, especially if you have no tools or no area or no wherewithal. Like, and if, there are so many YouTube tutorials out there now, and so much, so many resources, and, and like so many people come up to us after panels, and be like, "Thanks, that was that kind of gave me like the just uh, the knowledge I needed to start something." Because a lot of people, like I said, just they don't know where to start, so they don't. It, wh- wh- whatever that means to them, whether it is cosplay or they or they want to get into animatronics or they want to get into makeup and stuff, it, it's it sounds really oversimplified. But just go, just trying something, which is kind of what I did. Like I want to build a Halo suit, I don't know how, so I eventually just tried <laughs> it. My first go around was pretty rough. It maybe looks okay on the outside, but it's not comfortable. It doesn't really hold together very well, and it's heavy. So that's that's what I would say for creatives. Uh, I you're right. I can't talk too much about work. Uh, Guardians Three just came out, and that was probably the most proud I've been of of work that we've done because like my wife and i had our hands on just so many different characters it's so cool to like do all this stuff and then there's there's a that that dead zone where we finish a project and then whether we're there filming or not we, there's there's months and months of post-production that we're not involved in so we go man that what a cool experience all right i'll see that in a year and so it was kind <laughs> of like this really this this one project where we're like we're really looking forward to seeing because so much of it was from from us and not not that that makes the project good or bad but it was just like in 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 our own legacy way it was kind of a nice celebration of all the work because it was just it was over it was close to two years and just an army of people just working day in and day out on these projects that it was really cool to finally be like oh we finally get to see everything we made and it was just it it blew me away seeing all that stuff and all all the work looked really good and I'm so proud of everyone that I work with and and other studios too that worked on that movie too it's just great to see all of it come together into what I I would say is a well received movie and I maybe cried quite a few times during that movie and then I saw it a second time and I cried more and I was like I didn't even know what was coming <laughs> uh, and then the, the last one the sports team the San Francisco San Francisco Giants are doing pretty well um, I live in Dodger Town so it's kind of hard to be a Giants fan when everyone here has like you know a lot of hatred for the Giants so they're doing well that's nice. I don't know how long it'll last. Hopefully, all the way into the playoffs and beyond. But uh, I won't hold my breath. But baseball is my thing, so it's it's that's what I'm looking forward to, sports wise. So yeah, that's I think I, I think I covered the um, the, the question. I think that was perfect. a great that's perfect. Go build great something. Go watch Guardians to three. Go Giants. <laughs> Go Giants. <laughs> that's Wait, can I ask a quick follow up question? Because I'm of so course. curious. When you watch projects that you've been working on, literally your hands are inside of these bodies for days and weeks. Mm-hmm. Can you watch it? just watch it or are you like 
Okay, that answers the question. <laughs> uh, actually, I will say that Guardians 3 was the first time that I've truly... And I, I think there's something to be said about the theater experience because a lot of like the, the... For instance, Mandalorian is a streaming show, so we myself yeah. and I watch it in the comfort of our own home. And when it's just us, too, a lot of times we're like, oh, my God, like, oh, what did we... We didn't... We missed something or we didn't do a very good job puppeteering that or that, you know, we think the paint job looks terrible even though it's great or something like that. Uh, Guardians, maybe it was because it was the theater experience, but it was the, one of the, I think the first time in years that I've truly disconnected and just watched it instead of being like, okay, we, I did that and that looks good. Okay, we worked on that and that looks good. I remember I was there on that day and that looked, that looked really good. It, it, it was nice. It was, it was really, uh, like I said, like one of the first times in a while that we've watched something objectively as, as a movie is instead of a, a what instead of us nitpicking our own art because that's typically what we do especially for involved in the performances we're just like oh it's terrible <laughs> but i don't know maybe that's a good maybe i maybe if we were guys that were like all our stuff is awesome all our performances are great Ugh, another job well done uh so i'm glad we're not like that you know we're, we're... <laughs> wow maybe, well, i'm glad you got to hungry. sit back yeah, yeah. exactly Exactly. We always, <laughs> we always want to just do a good job. That's that's what everyone that I work with says. I just want to do a good job. I want it to look good. I want yes. it to sell. I want it to be believable. So well, I think we did a really good job on Guardians with that. Freaking congrats. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Seriously, it's been so cool to watch your journey. And I know I say this all the time to you, but we'll meet at the top. And I mean that. I'm going to go in for a movie that I'm in and you're going to be like in charge of making me look cooler <laughs> oh yeah that'd be and, all and then law's like can we just make the neck a little less tight these gauntlets are so tight uh, my fingers don't go all the way and i'd be like oh, my stilts God. aren't high <laughs> enough yeah. i need to look at least three feet taller than this actually on the flip side law if i am involved i just want you to give me the is there Sorry. a fire there's Not a fire alarm place. going off in my house <laughs> All I ask of you, be honest, because if you tell me it's too tight now, we can fix it. But if you tell me on the day when we're filming and you're like, you know, the neck is too tight. I'm like, you mother, we, you had your you chance. Know, I, <laughs> I wish this was more comfortable, Carrie. Why would you make it like this? I just wanted to torture you. I don't know. <laughs> Amazing. But we're going to let you go. But thank you so much for coming on and making time Thanks, and dealing with all the emailing. Um that's mostly Ash. Ash is a is a kid on emails. She's. I had, a blast. I had okay. nothing to do with the communication <laughs> other than like asking you if you had a picture to use. So that was like the. I was like, hey, so, uh, oh yeah. Also, are you Asian? <laughs> no, I didn't ask. Are you Asian? I was like, Just how do you connect ask. with being Asian? Um, <laughs> but it was a it was a blast, guys. Like I said, I I do. It's it's fun to talk about it sometimes, mostly in the capacity of. Most people don't know what I do. So it can be kind of fun to have people be aware of those kind of behind the scenes things. And now you've got a whole hopefully... podcast of yeah. answers. If you ever need someone to stick in slime or like some goo, I'm down. Put me in some goo, man. I'm in it. Throw me against the wall in like a shield. I don't know. I'm here. If you need a body, I'm so, put some wings. So Law's going to hate me because I make a suit too tight and you're going to be like, that was so gooey and it didn't come out of my hair for weeks. You're never going to talk to me ever again. so sad. Why do you We're do gonna this to people? We're going to delete the podcast off of the, off of the Spotify. We're well, I mean, that's Like I said, you know, it's the hardest thing to like put like one of your childhood actor heroes in a suit that you know is uncomfortable. You're like, I'm sorry. I, I like you as a person and so I'm sorry I have to do this. I think you're so cool. You just got to breathe, He's okay? like, do you? Because this is pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> That's you want some so air? 
No, Nathan That's was a trooper. So I have nothing nothing but a trooper on that, and it was amazing to work with him. And that was definitely Aww. a career highlight. Uh, well, this was a highlight for us to work with you yeah. today. Thank you so it, much. Your buddy. We spoke My buddy. to your buddy. Yes. And I thought it was really fun. It was so it's it's honestly it's honestly so cool to like hear him talk about like even just the scale of shit that he's doing. It's like I know it, I see it, and I still can't fathom it. I'm really I'm really, really proud of him, honestly. Mm-hmm. The whole time I was trying to I I'm like, I don't understand any of this. And then Mythbusters came in my head and I was like, this makes sense. Math and creating things. He's a Mythbuster. And yeah. so I was like, oh, okay, I, I see it. I see it all now. It, it's so funny that you brought that up because Carrie, I I, I became friends with uh, Grant Imahara from, from Mythbusters uh, a little Aww. bit uh, before he passed away. So I didn't know him for too long. But Carrie has an energy that reminds me of Grant. And I, I, I hope he doesn't mind me saying that. But they both are just like really intelligent people, creative people. Um and fantastic at what they do and, and incredibly kind and warm. Uh, I think, I mean, you know, in between recording this and the, the main episode, we just were chatting with Carrie behind the scenes, you know, like he, he's just someone who's very generous with his time and his knowledge. And yeah, I don't know. I feel really blessed that we had him on, on the podcast and especially coming from, you know, the, we're just a couple Bay area nerds that saw each other at comic book conventions and hung out together uh, whenever we could, and to to both be here in LA and respectively climbing our ladders, it's very cool. And I always tell them, "I'll meet you at the top." Like I'm very very serious about that, and I, I tell that to people that I I believe it for. You know what I mean? And I really do think that's where our, I mean our our paths are not only going to continue crossing, but they're headed to the same almost destination. You know what I mean? At least that's, that's so the awesome. optimist in me thinking. What, what but were also, your there's so many, like, your your journeys are so different. There's mm-hmm. no comparing or even, like, there's no sort of, par- like, there's, sure, as a parallel, but there's no, it. it's just so cool. Yeah, <laughs> Both no, two kids real. from San Jose just following their dreams in whatever kind of way that is to you and in the journey that's brought you here and the trials and tribulations that have come in the way. I mean, like, and now you're here crossing paths again. I can't wait to see where you cross paths again in the future. And that's the, the beauty of the industry, right? Like there's so many yucky parts of the industry and things we hate, things we complain about, but the beauty is, is that when you find your tribe, your group of people, the people that like you, you grow and you excel and you communicate with, that is where like beauty happens and magic happens, right? And you may not see each other for two years at a time, but when you come back to those two years, man, you're gonna have some stories to tell. Yeah, that's awesome. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I think for me, the takeaway was just to to start it. I mean, th- mm. there's that throwing spaghetti on the wall kind of thing, and I've I'm one of those people that a lot of people say like think think about things first, dude. Like don't just throw spaghetti on the wall and make things work. But this conversation reminded me of the importance of throwing spaghetti on the wall and, and just doing it, the act of doing right. And just mm-hmm. getting it out there. What about you law? Well, it's, it's interesting that you said that because it, it is, it is true, right? Like people talk a lot of talk, um, but it's, it's very different when you make the decision to actually go and try. And the fact that his whole, his whole job, you know, like, it both 
it it lives because he tries and fails and and like you know what i mean like it continues to grow because he's constantly learning from those failures i think that's a really interesting i mean it's obviously a very not so subtle you know metaphor for life where you just continue to keep going but it is it is interesting to hear um just from because his mindset's different than than maybe mine would be in that situation you know what i mean it's not disheartening it's like okay i learned something from that and i think that's like a really cool silver lining in in like those failures even like for an actor you know maybe you don't do so good an audition maybe you don't learn how to talk to people properly all those failures lead to to something greater if you if you can utilize it that way whereas people who talk and say i can't do it and and make excuses for why they can't do it maybe their life circumstances are right but carrie said himself like it's not too late just try you know try. and so if anyone walks away from this podcast with anything i think carrie said it's simply just try because it can lead to some amazing things like here's this kid who was cosplaying for fun and now he pitched himself to one of the biggest like fx studios in hollywood like I, I'm incredibly proud of that journey for him. And, and um, he met his wife there. And he met his, he fell in love. Like, is it like, what more can you ask for? You, you guys need to go on his Instagram and just like, look at the, the cool outdoor excursions. Like we could have talked to him for another hour, but I mean, for, for the sake of the podcast being a reasonable listen, uh, we had to cut it off, but he lives a very interesting life. And I'm really glad that we had him on. I'm glad to have listened in to your conversation between two buddies. Yeah. And now I'm one yeah. of your buddies too. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we talk so much in between. Uh, maybe one day we'll have like a Patreon episode where it's like, listen to the <clears throat> in-between bits. But that's that's another Tremendous tea. I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> we'll make more work. All right. <laughs> but that about does it, I think, for today's episode. It's been a long day but a fulfilling day. We got it a lot has. of trade secrets. Um, but I think you and I both need a rest because you know what, Ash? You deserve it because you are tremendous. I'm going to take that in for a second. I needed to yeah. hear that today. It's yeah. been a long one. It's been a long, long... Yeah. It's all just been a hard day's night. <sighs> you know what, though, La? You're tremendous, too. Aww. Man, and I think everyone listening right now, you are tremendous. Thank you for joining us. Pew, pew, pew. We'll see you on the next one. The Tremendous Talk Podcast is produced by Lawrence Sharma, Ashley Rapuano Sanchez, Gabriela David, Joseph Peralde, and Jeremiah Abraham in collaboration with Tremendous. The Tremendous Talk Podcast jingle is by Jared Sanchez and Ashley Rapuano Sanchez, produced at Hamsterdam Records.